Welcome everyone to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 14 of the 2023 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And episode 14 is the second installment of the bowl preview series. That's right, episode 13, we took a look at the first 21 bowls. Now it's time to go ahead and take a look at the final 20 bowls of the 2022 college football season. I'll tell you what, we had an exciting end to the UAB Miami of Ohio game there in the Bahamas Bowl. And Trey Shropshire, you know, uh, with 183 yards and a touchdown, really showing off that vertical presence there in that passing game for the Blazers. Uh, you know, Troy taking down UTSA. Look, Zachary Franklin is going to be a receiver at the next level. He's going to be a day three pick, probably that fifth, sixth, seventh round range. But a guy that I think, you know, even though he doesn't separate consistently and needs to get a little bit bigger to, to work his way through the jam. This is the guy who has tremendous uh, catch radius, tremendous hands. I think he'll end up being a player there at the next level. But look, Troy, obviously you've got the heat-seeking missile that is Carl- Carlton Marshall there at the linebacker position. 14 tackles in that game, the Cure Bowl. Troy getting the win over UTSA. Uh, you know, Cincinnati going down to Louisville, 24-7 in the Fenway Bowl. Always a good time to see uh, you know a football game there at Fenway Park. Uh, and obviously, Yaya Diaby, one and a half sacks, showing off the speed, showing some power in his hands as well, coming off the edge. Uh, how about that celebration bowl where, where North Carolina Central took down Jackson State? Deion Sanders trying to get that 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 signature undefeated season there for Jackson State. Unfortunately, uh, North Carolina Central comes away with the win there uh, in overtime. And, uh, you know, the guy that I was most impressed with was the MEAC Offensive Lineman of the Year, and that's Robert Mitchell. They're playing that right guard position. I thought this was the guy that was opening up a ton of holes um, for uh, Latrell Collier, the running back, and, and Davius Richard, the quarterback, um, a, a guy who I think has an NFL future there up front. Uh, BYU coming away with a, a slim victory there over SMU in the New Mexico Bowl. Um, that was an exciting game. Ben Bywater, only a sophomore, but he was the guy that really was a stand out there. Uh, you know, I thought Blake Freeland uh, showcasing again why he's one of the top offensive tackles in this year's draft. Fresno State 29-6, taking down Washington State in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. And Jake Hayner just proving once again that, look, this kid, he, he's a gamer, he's a tough dude, but he, he knows how to win, knows how to will his team to victory. And a guy that was, he knew where to go with the football, he was accurate, showed that arm strength, and uh, you know, 280 yards passing and two touchdowns to get the win for the Bulldogs. Southern Miss, 38-24 winners in the Lending Tree Bowl over Rice. And I'll tell you what, Frank Gore Jr., only a sophomore, he'll be back again. And, uh, you know, some unfinished business there for sure, but 329 yards and a couple of touchdowns breaks Cameron Peoples' bowl record for rushing yards in a game. And, uh, you know, Jason Brownlee, the receiver, showed showed off a little bit of, of range there with that receiving skills. Uh, you know, a, a guy that I still think uh, has a long way to go if he wants to make an NFL roster, but has a chance to potentially sneak his way onto a practice squad. Uh, Oregon State just demolishing Florida in the Vegas Bowl, uh, you know, 30-3. And uh, in this game, look, you know, you have to look at Jack Coletto, you know, a guy that played fullback, uh, playing linebacker, special teams, does a little bit of everything. This is a guy who's going to be on an NFL roster because he will do anything and everything that the team is going to ask him to do. I thought Joshua Gray, the left tackle, was got, you know, he got pushed around a little bit up front by by Florida. Um, you know, that that front really 
giving that left tackle a lot of problems. Um, you know, that makes you a little concerned for him. I think he has to come back to Corvallis for at least another year. Uh, I believe he's only a redshirt sophomore. Uh, Boise State, 35-32 winners over North Texas in the Frisco Bowl. That game was a little chippy. Um, you know, and, and I'll tell you, you know, John Ajukwu, uh, the left tackle, you know, really trying to battle his way into that third round consideration uh, up front. I thought Taylor Green was was really the, the star there for uh, the Broncos. He, he's a young kid, but a, a guy who, who still needs to develop as a passer, but he's a tremendous athlete and makes plays with the football in his hands. Uh, KD Davis, wanted to see a little bit more out of him. I really thought that this bowl game could be a way to showcase his ability there on a national stage and uh, a guy who just flies around makes plays on the football and we just didn't really see a ton of that in this game which really is a is, is a disappointment for me because you know I'm looking at you know Carl Marshall I thought he really stepped up and played well you think of a guy like Jatavis Brown coming out of Akron goes to the Chargers you know undersized linebacker really showcasing his his ability Katie Davis 5'11 229 pounds a guy who has over 400 tackles 31 and a half going for loss 12 sacks in his career you know he just you know he was missing gaps he was taking improper angles so you know I think he's got a little bit of ways to to go to really continue to develop his game I still think he has a, an outside shot at making an NFL roster because kids just a tough dude uh, Marshall Myrtle Beach Bowl, 28-14 winners over UConn. And uh, look, you know, Kalen Laybourne and, and Rasheen Ali, the, the dynamic duo there at the running back position. Look, Kalen Laybourne, you know, obviously he's going to have to answer to that Fresno, or the Florida State, uh, you know, dismissal. But this is a guy who, who is powerful between the tackles and a, a guy who has a tremendous burst. He can run away from you, and uh, you love the contact balance as well. Uh, Stephen Kilmore, the corner, look, you know, only a couple of tackles on the day, but three pass breakups. You know, needs to watch watch himself. Can get a little bit of handsy at times. Will arrive a little early at the football. Not the biggest guy either, either at just 6'2", uh, 169 pounds. So he's got the length, but he's a guy that could get pushed around by some of the bigger receivers. But look, ball skills for days. Nine interceptions, had three interceptions in each of the last two seasons. Seasons and 34 career pass breakups. This is a guy who's going to be playing on Sundays, and you know he just really gave Zion Turner trouble there for for the Huskies. And uh, Jackson Mitchell is the real deal there at the linebacker position for the the, the Huskies. We can expect to see him come back for one more season, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Jackson Mitchell can do um, there with Jim Moore Jr. and, and company. Eastern Michigan. 41-27 winners over San Jose State in uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, and uh, really with Eastern Michigan, you know Samson Evans, the the running back, you know a guy who just looks to continue to churn out yards. He's an interesting, interesting guy. Um, you know, uh, a running back who is going to come back and play another year, but he'll be a guy that people want to keep an eye on. Um, you know, six foot, two hundred eighteen pounds, a guy that could end up being potentially one of those fullback type players. Um, but really, it's, it was all about Jose Ramirez for me in this game. You know, watching his ability to bend coming off the edge, you know, really gave um, you know, San Jose State trouble. And this was really showcasing some defensive ends that we are going to be seeing playing at the NFL level. When you look at this guy, obviously 12 sacks, 19 and a half tackles for loss. 
really knows how to get after the quarterback. And, um, you know, I thought that, you know, you saw some power in his hands. You saw the ability to bend, turn the corner. He's going to be a wide nine guy, probably a situational pass rusher early on, likely to be an outside linebacker at the next level, 6'2", 251 pounds. May end up playing with his hand in the dirt, but I think he's he's an explosive edge rusher. And then when you look at uh, Viliami Fahoko or, or Junior Fahoko, uh, you know he's 6'4", 263 pounds. Another guy where you saw a ton of power in those hands. A, a guy that can bend really well. Look, he's very active too. 69 tackles this past season, 19 for loss, nine sacks, 23 in his career to go along with 47 uh, tackles for loss. Uh, you know, 12 pass breakups as well, including six in his uh, you know. In 2021, the guy who looked, you know, he could still come back for his sixth year, but a guy I think is really on the NFL radars, a guy that could end up sneaking his way into that fourth, fifth round consideration when it's all said and done. I thought Cade Hall, a guy who, you know, look, you know, with, with Fahoko, he was the Mountain West player, defensive player of the year this past season. Uh, Cade Hall, just a couple of years ago, um, in, in the COVID shortened year where he had 10 sacks. Um, you know, had seven and a half to follow up this year. Um, you know, violent hands, very strong at the point of attack, 6'3", 270 pounds. Just don't see the bend with him that you do with Fahoko. Not as disruptive coming off the edge. That's going to be a huge concern. And then the receiver position. You know, Elijah Cooks is a dynamic receiver on the outside. A guy that, look, you know, he you know, wanted to be the guy, 6'4", 215 pounds, comes to, to the Spartans after playing at Nevada, struggled to really stay on the field um, you know in, in three of his five seasons there with the Wolfpack played in just seven games in the two seasons where he made an impact in 2018 and 2019 played in 24 games and uh, over uh, you know 1200 yards receiving in those two seasons went over a thousand yards this past year 15.6 yards per reception so a guy that can be a downfield threat um, you know he had a decent game there as well six receptions 93 yards but again Eastern Michigan coming away with a victory Toledo 21-19 winners over Liberty. I'll tell you what, with Toledo, you know there, there are a couple of guys on defense that I'm a huge fan of. You know, I talked about Jamal Hines. You know, we, we saw some power to go along with the speed coming off the edge. Very dynamic player. Uh, can bend, come off the edge, get to the quarterback in a hurry. He's a guy that I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna continue to pound the table for. But a guy that I forgot about in the last episode, and uh, you know. It's Jarrell Johnson. You know, I'd be remiss if I, I didn't mention the fact that this is a this guy is an absolute stud. Um, you know, the nation's leader in tackles for loss, 22, and in this in this game, you know, the, the Boca Raton Bowl, nine tackles, a sack, and racked up five tackles for loss. That's right, five. And what you saw was a guy who was so physical at the point of attack, you know, using those hands, just driving his man into the backfield. Um, you, you watch him shed the blocks, you know, stack, shed, and, and be able to chase down the ball carrier. Uh, a lot of times he was beating that right tackle to the inside, a jab step to the outside, get that inside move. And then once he caught there, you know, that burst, getting to the quarterback in a hurry, very disruptive. He's 6'3", 240 pounds, so he's a little bit of a lighter guy going to be one of those rush outside linebackers but a guy that we have to be talking about on day three as a guy that I think can come in and uh, you know make an impact at the next level. South Alabama, Western Kentucky look you know that the Hilltoppers 44-23 winners and uh, Austin Reed kind of come back for another season went over uh, you know just under 500 yards 497 yards passing four touchdowns on the day but he'll be back 
uh, you know, Armed Forces Bowl, Air Force taking down Baylor 30-15. to Really, it was the Brad Roberts show. 37 carries, 116 yards, two touchdowns. This is a guy who I think has a chance to make an NFL roster if he so desires. You know, we know that the bill coming out, helping Andre Carter potentially make it to the NFL, looking at a potential first-round pick. I think Brad Roberts has a chance to sneak his way onto an NFL roster. I really do because of that physicality with the way that he runs. He has a nice burst. Not going to be a guy that's going to run away from you, but a guy that's going to get up, you know, pick up yards in bunches. Houston taking on Louisiana down to the wire. Um, you know, last second touchdown. You know, winners 23-16. And look, Tank Dell yet again. I mean, come on, six receptions, 44 yards, couple of touchdowns. You know, a guy that you know just doesn't seem to get a ton of respect, but a guy that is so explosive at that receiver position. I think he's going to be a day two pick when it's all said and done. You know, and we didn't really talk about Tank Dell's um, stats. In the last podcast, but when you look at what this guy has done, he's only been productive for the Cougs. Undersized, he's 5'10, just 155 pounds, but uh, back to back seasons, over 1,300 yards through the air and 29 touchdowns in those years. 100, uh, let's see, what is that? 199 receptions during that, that time span as well. A guy that is going to be a favorite target for somebody at the next level. Uh, I, I think you can pr- pretty much take that to the bank. Uh, Wake Forest taking on Missouri, Gasparilla Ball. 27-17, you know, A.T. Perry, once again, 11 receptions, 116 yards. You know, he's a big target, a guy that's going to be able to get down the field, was able to showcase that in this game. Uh, you know, Missouri, you know, you've got Chris Abrams drain. Watch this game, watch the secondary. You know, that's really where Missouri's strength was because so many guys up front uh, ultimately went down to injury. The Middle Tennessee taking down San Diego State. 25-23. Jalen Lane, only a sophomore, but you know he's a little guy, just 5'8", uh, but 10 receptions, 111 yards, and a touchdown on the day. Um, really an exciting player with the ball in his hands. And then Teldrick Ross, a junior with exceptional ball skills, had a couple of pass breakups, a tackle for loss, and a fumble recovery in the win there for the Blue Raiders. So those are the games that we've seen to this point. Tomorrow is going to be the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit. Bowling Green taking on New Mexico State. Really the star of that game should be Carl Brooks for Bowling Green. A guy to be on the lookout for as a mid-day three pick. A guy that can really get after the quarterback at 6'4 and 300 pounds. So as I mentioned, we got through the first 21 bowls in last podcast. We're going to go ahead and preview the remaining bowl games. And obviously the first game that we have to take a look at is that military bowl. UCF taking on Duke. When the Golden Knights have, have the football... Really, you're going to see Isaiah Bowser, their, their physical presence there at that running back position. Just 3.9 yards per carry, so not a guy who's going to be overly explosive, but a power back. Uh, 760 yards on the year, 14 touchdowns. A guy, look, he played at North Northwestern, transferred to UCF, and he'll be the guy to really keep an eye out for there um, when they're on offense. But defensively, Jason Johnson's going to be the guy. The, the inside linebacker, 119 tackles this past season as a junior so he could be coming back. Um, likely, you know, we would expect him to come back for one more year. Uh, a, a guy that just makes plays sideline to sideline, flies all the way around to the football. 6'2", just 200 pounds, so he's an undersized guy, but someone to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, they're just roaming the, the, the perimeter there for UCF. When you talk about Duke, obviously the quarterback, Riley Leonard, is going to get a lot of the attention. 
only a sophomore. We'll be seeing him talking about him next draft cycle, uh, keeping an eye on his progress. When you talk about Duke and, and draft eligible prospects, we have to look at Chaka Hayward. 6'3", 220 pounds, uh, a guy who I think is definitely explosive coming off the edge. I think he's instinctive, especially against the run. Uh, a guy that you know he, he does get a, a little anxious at times, so over pursue plays, but uh, a, a dude that can be disruptive with the speed coming downhill, good timing on his blitzes, range to the sideline, good speed laterally as well. The guy, look, 31 and a half tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks, 337 tackles, including back-to-back seasons with 90 plus tackles. Shaka Hayward's going to be the guy to watch for uh, when Duke is on defense. So next, we're going to go ahead and take a look at the Kansas-Arkansas matchup there in the Liberty Bowl. We know with Arkansas, the top draft eligible prospect is going to be Drew Sanders. He is not going to be playing in the bowl game. Um, you know, he's a guy that's that's talked about as a potential first-round pick, and so obviously he's going to prepare for the draft, opting out. Uh, 103 tackles on the year, 13 and a half for loss, nine and a half sacks, five pass breakups. A guy that shows that he can drop into coverage, has that range. And then a guy that can absolutely get after the quarterback, uh, the, the speed, the relentlessness with which he plays, also had three forced fumbles, you know, to go along with those five, five pass breakups and an interception. So a guy that really knows what to do when he arrives at the football. Didn't really get a ton of time there at Alabama, so now he's really getting to play, uh, you know, his position and where he can really showcase his skills and his ability. He won't be the only one not playing in that game. Ricky Stromberg, the center, a guy who I think is going to be a top center in this year's draft. Top five center, 6'4", 310 pounds. He won't be playing in the game either. Opted out for this game. Bumper Pool, the linebacker, 441 tackles in his career. You know, a guy that, look, you know, he missed having four straight seasons of 100 tackles or better by just 14 tackles, you know, really a tackling machine, a guy that flies around to the football. Injury really slowed his progress, and so he won't be playing in the game either. Really, when you're talking about Arkansas, you have to look at Raheem Sanders, Rocket Sanders, running back, 6'2", 227 pounds, over 1,400 yards on the ground, 28 receptions as well. The explosive running back, he will be one of the top backs to be talked about in next year's draft cycle. K.J. Jefferson, you know, the talented quarterback there, 6'3", 235 pounds, the guy who's continuing to develop as a passer. Uh, best completion percentage this past season at 68.3, 22 touchdowns, just four interceptions. Uh, still more of a, a an athlete playing the quarterback position. Needs to really shore things up there as a, as a passer. Uh, you know, and then Jaden Hazel Hazelwood, a, a guy that I, I didn't mention earlier as a guy that's likely to be sitting out. Um, he declared himself eligible. The transfer from Oklahoma just played just one season there at Fayetteville. 6'3", 202, um, 59 catches, 702 yards, three touchdowns. Has a large catch radius, but a guy that I don't think can separate at the next level. He really has a long way to go. Would have loved to have seen him come back and play one more season, but he has declared himself eligible for the draft, so we won't be able to see that happen. Um, when you talk about Kansas, Obviously, you've got the talented quarterback, Jalen Daniels. He'll be coming back for another season. You know, the, the injury, you know, that really derailed Kansas' season. But look, Lance Leipold, you know, th this is a group of underdogs, and they're going to continue to claw and fight their way through. You know, this is a guy just under 66% completion percentage, 13 touchdowns, two interceptions, 
6.4 yards per carry on the ground, 404 yards total, six touchdowns as a uh, as a guy running that football, just so dynamic in the open field. He'll be a guy to watch out for in 2023. Uh, so if we're talking about seniors, we're talking about Mason Fairchild, the tight end, 6'5", 261. When you think about this tight end class, you know, one of the best that we've seen. Not only are we going to see guys come off on all three days of the draft, we're talking about pretty much all all seven rounds and a guy that I think could potentially hear his name called is Mason Fairchild no more as a blocking tight end but when you think about it through the years from you know a guy like Richard Rogers not much of a pass catcher there at uh, Cal but really found a groove and really found what he could do there for the Green Bay Packers co-keefed there with with Minnesota uh, not much of a pass catcher, but was you know, ended up getting drafted there by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mason Fairchild really had a breakout season. You know, has a knack for finding the voids in the defense. Really good hands. You know, a guy that not only is going to make those catches when the fall is right there in his frame, but has that large catch radius and catch and extend for the football away from his frame as well. Uh, really a nice catch radius. Uh, 29 catches for 365, uh, 363 yards and five touchdowns. But he, really, the biggest thing is, is he's a blocker, an excellent blocking tight end. He's a name that not many people are talking about. Look, he's not the fastest guy. He's not more the most overpowering guy. But it was one of those things to where every time you watch Kansas play, it always seemed that Mason Fairchild, number 89, was a standout. And so I, I think because of that, there's a good chance that Mason Fairchild could hear his name called late on day three in that draft. Then you're talking about number 14, Oregon, taking on North Carolina in the Holiday Bowl. We already know that Christian Gonzalez, the 6'2", 200-pound uh, corner, only a redshirt sophomore, transferred from Colorado, but a guy that, look, he, he can be physical, has you know just really oily hips. He, he's very, fl- uh, very fluid as an athlete, can run, strive for strike, can be physical when you need him to, very patient, excellent ball skills as well. He'll be a first-rounder, has a really good chance to be the number one corner taken off the board. Uh, obviously, you also have Noah Sewell, also won't be playing in the game. Noah Sewell, 6'3", 251 pounds, the junior. I think he was destined to be a first-round pick. This was a guy that I thought at the beginning of the season, trying to learn Dan Lanning's offense or defense, he really struggled to kind of get things going. Once he started understanding where he needed to be, I thought he really elevated his play, showing his ability to play fast, play sideline to sideline. When he's allowed to just turn things loose and not really have to think about things, he can really excel. Uh, you know, as a sophomore, look, you know, 114 tackles, eight and a half going for loss, four sacks, you know, just 56 tackles this past season, five and a half for loss, one and a half sacks. You're really wanting to see him elevate his game. But what I thought he really showcased was his ability to drop into coverage a little bit more. Um, he's a guy that um, it was going to be an interesting study. I think he's still going to end up being a first-round pick. He'll be battling it out with with Drew Sanders to be that number one inside linebacker. Um, you know, to me, he's going to be a late one, early two in that consideration. But again, he won't be playing in the bowl. So when we are talking about Oregon and guys that are going to be draft eligible that will be playing, uh, Alex Forsythe, the center, 6'3", 303. Uh, this is a guy, look, he's a veteran center. Uh, you know, and the guy that I think when that when he's in the game, he makes 
the Ducks offense that much better. You know, a guy that really takes charge of that group up front and a guy that, you know, he's not the not the best athlete, but a guy who's just technically sound, does a really good job, um, you know, winning with leverage at the point of attack. And then obviously you have the big guy, Mala Asala, um, you know, Mave Laulu. He's 6'6", 315 pounds. And this is a guy, he, he can drop his anchor versus a bull rush, be stout at the point of attack, also very athletic and get out and pull and you see just the athleticism out there but this was the guy who was thrown down with one arm by by Jalen Carter a guy that was beaten badly off of a speed rush when they played Washington and that loss uh, barely even got a hand on Jeremiah Martin um, and ultimately got to the quarterback also struggled um, with, with Braylon Trice you know had that kick slide initially looked good and then he gets overextended Trice ends up beating him Force an inside hold. Uh, so, you know, Laulu is a guy who I think should come back for another year. But, uh, you know, there's a chance because there is some of this excitement about some of the traits that we could see him decide to enter the draft. Really would have loved to have seen Drake May taking on the likes of Noah Sewell and Christian Gonzalez. Uh, but we know that uh, at the end of the day, you know, Drake May is going to have a, a, a stellar game. You know, obviously there's this talk about him potentially transferring the NIL deals. Um, look, I, I think he's going to stay there as a Tar Heel. 6'4", 220 pounds. A guy, look, 373 total yards per game. Very dynamic quarterback. He'll be a lot of fun to watch in this bowl game going up against, you know, a very, you know, very tough Oregon front. Um, you know, Josh Downs will not be playing in the game. 5'10", 180 pounds. This is a guy that, um, you know, he, he, I think he's quicker than he is fast. You know, a guy that is so explosive, though, with his route running, understands how to set his man up, and is just so sudden in and out of his breaks. Uh, he'll be a guy that will excel at the next level because of his ability to get open. You know, an open receiver is always the best receiver, right? But the guy that we have to be talking about in this bowl game uh, is going to be a Seam Richards. 6'4", 315 pounds. And look, with, with Seam Richards, what you have here is a guy who, look, you know, there are reps against Miles Murphy where he was very light on his feet, showing excellent hands, his ability to, to hold up with excellent leverage, getting his hands under the pad level to stand up defensive ends, uh, using his hands driving Miles Murphy, clearing him out, washing him down the line, um, allow, ultimately allowed Drake May a one-on-one -on -one versus Trenton Simpson. Um, you know, you love his ability to, to slide. You watch him against NC State. Drake Thomas, an explosive linebacker, was patient, waited for the spin move back to the inside, slides well to pick that up as well. So Asim Richards is a guy to me that, you know, you see the reps where he is dominating the man in front of him. You just want to see it on a consistent basis. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to end up getting drafted. He'll get to go up against the likes of Brandon Dorless, DJ Johnson, guys who uh, have a potential NFL future. And I think that'll be a nice test for him. Obviously, you have Bo Nix coming back for Oregon next season. And he's got a couple of guys that are joining him. His running back, Bucky Irving, his receiver, uh, Tony Franklin. Those guys are both sophomores. So I think Oregon's going to be a scary, scary team in the Pac-12 in 2023. Knicks is going to get to go up against a very depleted uh, secondary there for the Tar Heels, especially when you're talking about Storm Duck and Tony Grimes and Cameron Kelly all deciding to leave via the transfer portal. So it's going to be interesting to see just what Bo Nix can do. This may be a nice springboard into that 2023 season. Texas Tech.
taking on Mississippi, Texas Bowl Energy Stadium. When you talk about Texas Tech, obviously you've got Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson is not going to be playing in this bowl game. This is a guy that's going to be getting ready for the draft, and, and it makes perfect sense. This is a dude who, it, look, 6'6", 275 pounds, an incredible wingspan, tremendous burst, a guy who plays with excellent effort as well. 61 tackles on the year, 14 going for loss, 7 sacks, a guy who I, I think has a chance to be a, a top five pick uh, because of his ability to, to make plays. And look, he's a number four tackler on his team. You know, when you think about that, you know, as this defensive end, a guy that can get after the quarterback, he's also very active, a guy that's going to give you nonstop effort. You love being able to see that. And this is a guy, look, I, you know, no offense to Miles Murphy, I think Tyree Wilson is going to end up being the number one uh defensive end in this draft not the most explosive I think Miles Murphy gets him on the explosiveness but the length the power you know and you do see some of that quickness from him um, I, I think that's where he has a little bit more of those traits than, than Miles Murphy does um, but unfortunately we won't get to see him in this bowl game one guy that you are going to get to see is Sir Roderick Thompson and what I like about Sir Roderick Thompson is he, you know he, he's six foot 215 pounds no, not the biggest guy by any means, but he's physical. He's physical at the point of attack. You know, drops that pad level. The contact balance runs through contact. A guy that was just a leader there for the Red Raiders. 39 touchdowns in his career. 90 receptions as well. A guy that's battled some injuries, but you know he's not the most explosive guy by any means. But a guy that just he just knows how to make plays and, and, and get things done. And a, a guy that I, I think could find his way onto an NFL roster just because he's a guy that that can do a lot of things right. You know, and you, you love his ability, the vision, his ability to bounce the football outside and really just just churn out extra yards. A guy that's going to wear out defenses, really more of a, a physical one-cut-and-go type of runner with really good speed. I, I think Jalen Hutchings, the defensive tackle, look, he's only six foot but 305 pounds he's another guy that's going to be interesting on the interior of that line um, I think Hutchings is a guy that can make plays up front and uh, without Tyree Wilson in the roster you are on the roster for the game he's a guy to really be on the lookout for as a guy up front to make plays 18 and a half tackles for loss seven and a half sacks in his career he's a guy that could end up making uh making life miserable up front there for Ole Miss you look at Tony Bradford um, the defensive tackle as well uh 25 tackle and a half tackles for loss 11 and a half sacks including five and a half this past season another guy who I think you know he, he wins with with excellent hands um you know really um Worked on Anton Harris in the left tackle out of Oklahoma. You know, used his hands, shoving him back, especially, you know, forced Harrison's pad level to get a little bit too high and was able to really drive him back and work him all the way to Dylan Gabriel. Um, a, a guy that, look, he's 6'1", 300 pounds, so these guys aren't the biggest guys by any means, but guys who are explosive can get up the field and make some plays. Um, so I think that'll be an interesting matchup there for a guy like Nick Broker. Now, Nick Broker, to me, is one of the top three, four guards in this draft. I think, obviously, you have Osiris Torrance, you've got Andrew Voorhees, you've got Jarrett Patterson, but I think Nick Broker has to be right in that conversation because he is so technically sound. 6'5", 305, played left tackle 
ultimately now moves inside to the guard position where I think he's better off. Um, you know, and, and a guy who I think can struggle against some of the, the power at times, but uh, the technique is really what you see here with this guy. Um, you know, plays with excellent leverage and uh, doesn't, you know, he keeps that pad level low. That's one of the things that you aren't going to see is that pad level riding up. Um, will really do a great job anchoring and pass protection because of that. Keeps those legs driving in, in the running game. You see him on the skip pole being able to get outside uh, and get to the linebacker in a hurry. Um, you know, blocking down on the defensive tackles, open up holes for both Zach Evans and Quinchon Judkins. You know, that, that freshman running back is really going to be a force uh, for Ole Miss. Jonathan Mingo, the 6'2", 125-pound receiver. He's only a junior, could come back for another season. Uh, when you watch Mingo play, you know, the chemistry with Jackson Dart, I think, you know, took a little bit to get going, um, you know, at the beginning of the season. But look, 48 catches, over 800 yards, 16.8 yards per reception. To me, Jonathan Mingo is a guy that is a... Uh, you know, I'd love to see him come back again for one more season. Ontario Drummond needed that extra season, didn't do so. I think you know that draft stock really was hurt by a poor combine performance. I really want to see jo uh, Jonathan Mingo come back for one more season, really have a, a stellar year for uh, the Rebels. And then when you look at the, def the defense, obviously Troy Brown, the inside linebacker, uh, a guy that transferred there from uh, Central Michigan, had 91 tackles on the year, a guy that flies around to the football not the biggest guy by any means he's an undersized linebacker but a guy that you know look, he's, he's going to work hard play hard through uh you know to, from whistle to whistle uh otis reese on the back end of the defense 6'2 215 pounds uh you know really a, a nickel if you will but look you know back-to-back -back seasons with at least 80 uh tackles uh, had seven tackles for loss and three sacks this past season uh you know really a physical presence on the back end of the defense i think he's a guy that could end up being a day three pick tavius robinson is another interesting guy there on the edge five tackles this past year look he's 6'7 245 pounds really long arms those traits that's going to be something that's going to get him drafted likely somewhere in that mid day three range but a guy that i think could end up making that nfl roster likely on the practice squad allow him to continue to develop really fill out his frame uh you know a guy that i think could end up even playing a a five technique in an on-man front um, at the next level when it's all said and done so Ole Miss and Texas Tech. That'll round out our games on Wednesday, December 28th. You get to Thursday, December 29th. Syracuse taking on Minnesota. Now, obviously, when you're talking about Syracuse, the first name that has to come to mind is Sean Tucker. Unfortunately, we're not going to see Sean Tucker play. You know, the explosive speed is one of the things that you think about with him. 5'10", 210 pounds, back-to-back uh, -back seasons, over 1,000 yards. Um, 23 touchdowns, 56 receptions, um, you know, over the last two years. And, you know, again, that, that dynamic ability, he ended up going out, you know, running track for the orange as well, really helped with some of that explosiveness. The breakaway speed is absolutely there. And then you have Matthew Bergeron, their, their standout offensive tackle. Would have loved to have seen Bergeron play in the bowl game. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to see that happen. Um, you know, he's 6'5", 315 pounds, the junior. Um, I believe they said that he has five, you know, gave up five sacks on the year. But when you think about Garrett Schrader, holds on to the football way too long. A lot of that really going to be coverage sacks. But when you watch him, he was aggressive against Isaiah Foskey. You see excellent footwork 
taking uh, taking him on as well. Uh, keeps that pad level low. Really good knee bend. You know that 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 fundamentally sound athlete is really what you see out of Bergeron, a guy that I think could end up being a fringe first rounder. Obviously, keep an eye on you know some of the pressure, some of the sacks, but I think at the end of the day, Bergeron is going to be a guy that we're going to be talking about as a potential first rounder. Uh, I, I really do. Aronde Gadsden, the second. Is he a tight end? Is he a receiver? I don't care. The guy just makes plays. Only a sophomore, so we won't be talking about him in this this draft cycle, but really a guy to watch as a number one target. Um, you know, Garrett Williams, the corner. Another interesting caddy, six foot, 190 pounds, uh, a physical guy. Uh, you know, he's going to want to get his hands on you. A guy that I, I don't think had the best season this year. You know, I think he battled some injuries at times. Only played in seven games, and so there is some bad tape out there of Garrett uh, Garrett Williams. Really, that. Uh, freshman season there in 2020 where he had two interceptions one of which he took back to the house nine pass breakups really got everyone you know on notice right and then you know, follow that up with another solid season in 2021 had five tackles for loss had nine pass breakups and then 2022 hits the the, the injuries start to set in a little bit and uh you know i can see why there could be cause for concern Maybe I should go ahead and decide to come out, but there's so many talented corners in this draft that I think it'd behoove him to come back to Syracuse, play one more year. Um, you know, I, I think that would make the most sense. You know, linebacker position as well, Michael Jones. Look, he's 6'1", 224 pounds. You know, the junior, very active at that linebacker position, but I think he's another guy that needs to come back, play one more year. Um, you know, don't don't decide to head out. Um, you know, I, I think he's played four years there for the Orange, but um, you know, he could come back for one more season thanks to that 2020 COVID year. Um, 109 tackles in 2021. Uh, followed that up with 84 this past season. A guy that can get after the quarterback a little bit as well. You know, I, I think of of Michael, and I think of a guy like like Zaire, Zaire Franklin. Um, you know, a guy that. When he played at Syracuse, six foot, 236 pounds, a little bit of a bigger dude, but you know, a guy that will fly around and make plays. Um, you know, when you talk about Zaire, 310 tackles, 31 and a half going for loss, eight and a half sacks. You compare that with Michael Michael Jones has done to this point, 299 tackles, 22 going for loss, eight and a half sacks. So the comparisons can absolutely be there. And I think Michael Jones, I'd love to see him come back for one more year, but if he does decide to call it a career, this is a guy that has really put together some good film there at Syracuse. So when Syracuse is on defense, they're going to have to deal with the likes of Mohamed Ibrahim. And, and Ibrahim, you know, I wasn't sure if he was going to be playing in the bowl game or not because, you know, this is a guy unfortunately had that, that knee injury um, when he was off to such a fantastic start uh, this past season. You know, had 30 carries, 163 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. Ends up getting the knee injury in that first game, but you know, follows that up this year with, look, just under 1,600 yards on the ground and 19 touchdowns. A physical back, a guy that's going to be a downhill runner. He's going to be difficult to bring down. He'll be a day three guy. He'll probably end up being a fifth or sixth round pick, uh, especially because he hasn't shown his ability to catch the football out of the backfield. And look, really, the Gophers, the way that their offenses run, um, they don't throw the football a ton. 
know Tanner Morgan gets hurt and obviously that really changes their game their game plan it's really going to be centered around Ibrahim running the football he's going to be a guy up front that you're really going to have to watch out for he's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, you know a guy that can run between the tackles can get to the outside he's not going to be the the, the the home run threat but he will get his yards in bunches and, and he's just he's look there's so many talented backs in the Big Ten he's one of those guys that is, is people forget about but because of the, the that knee injury but look he's so patient once he gets his foot in the ground gets downhill in a hurry then he's going to drop his pad level and finish through the run he's just he's a dynamic running back and i mean what more can you ask for you know and that's really what uh what's going to be exciting to see you know what the future holds for mohammed ibrahim uh at the next level switching gears from the pinstripe bowl at yankee stadium to the Cheez-It Bowl at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Oklahoma taking on Florida State. Now the Sooners are going to be without their star running back, Eric Gray, who's already opted out, wants to prepare for the NFL Draft. 5'9", 206, over 1,300 yards on the ground, 6.4 yards per carry. 11 touchdowns and look this guy had 99 receptions in his career between Oklahoma and Tennessee he's a guy that just continues to get better as the game goes on he's a physical presence between the tackles explosive burst a guy that can get to the outside and can run away from you a little bit as well so he's a guy that I think is going to be an early uh, early day three maybe a late day two pick when it's all said and done I think the combine is really going to help his draft stock Anton Harrison I mentioned him earlier a ton of length on the outside for Oklahoma um, you know, and a guy that I think has his, you know, he has the traits that everybody looks for, um, and he has the the length that everybody looks for, and uh, you know, has the reps that he's put together that shows that he can be a a pass protector on the outside, and a guy that can also be a tremendous run blocker, but consistency is an issue with him i think technique um, gets lost at times but i think he's one of those guys that teams will look at and say we can probably mold him into an nfl caliber starting offensive tackle i think because of that he'll probably be a day two guy a lot of people are talking about him as a potential first round pick i don't see it i think he'll end up being a second rounder but a guy that i think could end up being a starter when it's all said and done Jalen Redmond, another guy up front for them, had four, uh, four sacks, 10 tackles for loss, 6'3", 292 pounds, quick hands, quick first step coming off the football. He's decided to put his name into the hat as a, uh, a next level defender up front. I just I look at, at Jalen Redmond. He's one of those guys to where I think he's going to have to really fight to uh, to get himself drafted. I think he could end up being the late day three guy. But to me, I think there are a lot of guys in this year's draft up front that uh, you know excite me a little bit more than Jalen Redmond. Would have loved to have seen him come back to Norman for one more season. Uh, you know, Deshaun White is an intriguing guy for me. Six foot, two hundred twenty pounds. Uh, the linebacker, a guy that you know. Look, I, I think about Brian Osamoa and Deshaun White flying around making plays uh, for the Sooners. A guy who has really good range. A guy that can drop into coverage. Had two interceptions, six pass breakups, uh, eighty tackles this past season. Really, as that that key cog there at that linebacker position. Danny Stutzman, only a sophomore. Uh, a guy that. Man, when he's on, he can make a ton of plays, but also miss a lot of plays. And really, Deshaun White was looked at as Mr. Consistency for 
the Sooners on, on the defensive side of the football. And, and when I mentioned Brian Asamoah, when you look at what he was able to do, 6'1", 228 pounds, was a third-round pick uh, of the Minnesota Vikings, number 66 overall, had 168 tackles in his three seasons there with the Sooners, 12.5 going for loss, five sacks, uh, you know, I look at Deshaun White and I see similar stats. I see similar numbers. I see similar play out on the field. These were two guys that worked really well when they were on the field together. I think Deshaun White is going to be a guy. He will, probably won't get drafted on on day two um, unless he tests really well like Asamoah did. But uh, a guy who I think will be a nice pickup for somebody there on day three. And then obviously you have the explosive Marvin Mims. A guy who can be just a dynamic receiver, 5'11", 177 pounds, a guy that I think, you know, it took a little while to build some of that chemistry with Dylan Gabriel, but now he's a thousand yard receiver. Look, you know, a career 19.2 yards per reception guy, 20 touchdowns in his career as well. If he decides to come out, I wouldn't be surprised. I think he'd be a day two pick uh, because of that explosiveness. I think he's going to test really well at the combine as well. Uh, not the biggest guy by any means, but a guy that can definitely get vertical. You want to see a little bit more out of the route tree from him, but definitely a guy that can push defenses down the football field. I think that's what you're going to see against Florida State is this guy just continuing to push the, push, push the pedal downfield. Now, when you talk about Florida State, obviously the first guy that you have to talk about is Jared Verse. This dude is so explosive, a guy with tremendous bend, and he's just a lot of fun to watch. A guy that is definitely going to be a first-round pick, and I think a guy who's going to continue to see his draft stock just soar. I think he's a guy that could be a fringe top 10, top 15 player because of his his explosiveness. And really what you want to see is, uh, you know, I would have loved to have seen him take on Anton Harrison, who won't be in this game. Wanye Morris, the guy on the other side, he's also opting out of this game to enter the draft. So we're not going to see first up against these guys. But look, 6'4", 248 pounds, explosive speed coming off the edge. You see the, the violent hands, the slap, the rip, able to get the edge. Uses a quick arm over as well. You'll see him work to the inside, get back outside. Uh, you know, so he has a, a versatile pass rush repertoire, which is something that you're definitely um, excited to see if you're looking at at the next level. 14 and a half tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. Was a dynamic playmaker at Albany. Transferred there to Florida State. You know, this guy hasn't declared for the draft yet, so there is a chance. You know, I, I think Florida State fans are really holding out hope that maybe he could come back for one more season. I think that'd be a big coup for uh, Mike Norvell if he did decide to come back for one more year. Obviously, their leading tackler is, is Jamie Robinson. He's the guy that you really have to talk about on the back end of that defense. 5'11", 199 pounds. A guy that just he, he makes plays. He's a, he's a veteran guy. Seven interceptions in his career. 15 pass breakups. A guy that play around the line of scrimmage a little bit does everything that is asked of him over 300 career tackles at South Carolina and Florida State um, you know and a guy who I think you know he'll be a day three guy but a guy that I think will end up making an NFL roster and could end up being a starter uh, when it's all said and done when you talk about guys at you know at Florida State from Terrence Brooks uh, to Terrell Buckley you know all these really dynamic secondary players I think Jamie Robinson is the next guy to really hear his name called there at the NFL level Moving on from the Cheez-It Bowl to the Alamo Bowl. 
in San Antonio. We've got the number 20th ranked Texas Longhorns taking on the number 12 Washington Huskies. Washington already gotten some big news from a lot of guys uh, that they are coming back for one more season. Michael Penix Jr., probably the biggest name. Uh, you know, Penix Jr. really surprised people, I think, with the arm strength. I saw it at Indiana. Uh, this guy looked eighth in the Heisman voting this past season as well. Uh, 66% completion percentage, over 4,300 yards, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions. So seven interceptions were very costly. Uh, you know, but look, you know, this was a guy at Indiana battled injuries. When he was healthy, you know, this was a guy that you know you, you saw the arm talent, you saw his ability to make plays, but uh, just struggled at times there at Indiana. Um, over 60% completion percentage in his first two seasons, then uh, sub 60% his final two seasons with the Hoosiers. Comes to Washington, really gets to showcase what he can do, and uh, I think coming back for one more season is absolutely something that he needs to do. So I'm glad to see that happen. Um, you know, he's got a couple of thousand yard receivers, guys that we're going to be talking about um, in next draft cycle. Obviously, you know, Romo Dunze is a big physical receiver, 6'3", 200 pounds, uh, over a thousand yards, um, like I said, this past season to go along with Jalen McMillan, 6'1", 180 pounds, a guy who could be a vertical threat, uh, eight touchdowns on the year for him. Those are two receivers that uh, are going to be dynamic. I could see them entering next year's draft. Uh, very explosive. I mentioned other guys that were coming back for one more year. Braylon Trice, he's a big physical dude, a guy that has a tremendous burst, eight sacks on the year. He's decided he's coming back to Seattle, as is uh, you know, Zion Tupuola Fatui, um, the outside linebacker, a guy that's battled some injuries, and uh, a guy that didn't start the entire season there for the Huskies. So I think really getting a full season under his belt and uh, putting together some really good game film is what you're going to want to see there. Washington, though, uh, you've got some guys up front that you're going to have to watch and, and keep an eye out for. Um, obviously, Jackson Kirkland was the guy that everybody was talking about because he, he looked like a, a bona fide offensive tackle prospect. Injuries really slowed him down. He's now kicked inside to guard. He's 6'7", 300. Um, he's a guy that I think you know, people are going to continue to keep an eye out for, but I think the, the red flags from an injury standpoint will be too much for him. He may not even get drafted when it's all said and done. Um, the left tackle, Troy Fatu, uh, Fatanu, uh, he's 6'4", 312 pounds, only a registered sophomore. He'll probably come back, um, but a guy who is very exciting to watch. He's very quick, light on his feet. Um, you, know, you see the hands able to easily strike strike and uh, keep the defensive end off of his path does a great job redirecting uh, not only in pass protection but then also in the running game that, that leg drive as well uh, needs to watch himself you know with with lunging um, when he gets out into space so he'll try to hit that moving target he'll lunge at him and, and he will lose his balance sometimes even fall down without even touching anybody a guy who I think will ultimately transition to the guard spot when it's all said and done at the next level and then uh, you know the last guy you have to talk about is Henry uh, you know, Vulu, he's 6'7", 307, nearly 35-inch arms. He's very tough along the interior of that line. He's another guy that I think NFL teams are going to be watching for here, taking on Texas, especially you know, when you have to take on a guy like Keandre Coburn, uh, a dude who is as big as a house. Um, 
Fort Worth, Texas on the interior of that defense. 6'2", 348 pounds. The short area burst is actually pretty impressive for this dude. Uh, 15 tackles for loss, 6.5 sacks. He's so stout at the point of attack. Uh, a guy who, uh, you know, I think he gets a lot of a lot of reps there for Texas. So a guy that I don't think is going to wear down a ton. Played in over 50 games for the Longhorns. He's really a guy to me that is interesting as that defensive tackle, I think a guy who's going to end up being a, a day two pick and a guy that can end up being in the league for a long time at that nose tackle position. A junior who's really gotten interesting is Jalen Ford there for, for Texas. Look, 6'3", 234 pounds, a guy who flies around, um, you know, just seems to always make plays. You turn on the film and 41 is everywhere. He was making plays behind the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, making plays, uh, you know, sacking the quarterback, making plays, running laterally sideline to sideline, can drop into coverage a little bit as well. Uh, I think Jalen Ford's really made a name for himself, and he's a guy that, uh, you know, I, I hope comes back for one more season. He's 6'2", 221 pounds, over uh, 100 tackles this past season, 10 tackles for loss, four interceptions as well, three forced fumbles. Um, you know, but I could also see him deciding to enter the draft um, just because he had such a dynamic year. But you worry about guys who have just one year of production under their belt. Uh, you know, I'd love to see him come back and showcase his ability again and be one of those guys that we could talk about in the top, you know, top 50 or 60 picks. Bijan Robinson won't be playing in the bowl game, but we know he's going to be the number one running back taken in the draft. You know, I think if I'm the Eagles, I strongly consider Bijan Robinson on the top end of that draft. Uh, but a guy who also, you know, he's not going to get past uh, round number one. He's so explosive. Look, six foot, 215 pounds, uh, finished ninth in the Heisman voting, over 1,500 yards on the ground, 6.1 yards per carry, 18 touchdowns, 19 receptions. You watch him as a pass catcher, and he looks like a receiver uh, with the body control, his ability to contort his body in the air, tremendous uh, footwork along the sideline as well. Uh, and then, look, you know, he, he has tremendous speed. He can run away from you, has the power between the tackles. You know, he's reminiscent of Saquon Barkley. I'm not putting him, you know, in that same conversation as Saquon. I don't think he's quite as physical or quite as strong as Saquon is. But Bijan has that, that, that you know, the contact balance, the, the physicality, you know, and the speed, his ability to run away from guys. He's going to be interesting. You know, I think he'll test really well. It's just going to be a question of exactly how high he comes off the board. If there's a team like Philly who, look, they're deep at every position, if they're looking at it and they're saying, all right, this is a luxury pick, middle of round number one, then why not? Would you take him in the top 10? He's probably not a guy that I would take in the top 10 if you're talking about running backs, but it wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past Howie Roseman and company uh, to take a guy like that. You know, they've obviously, you know, when you look at their tight ends, you know, they had Zach Ertz. They still drafted Dallas Goddard in, in round number two. They've got Miles Sanders on the roster. Wouldn't put it past him to decide to go after Bijan Robinson as well. You know, load up at multiple positions. You know, I could absolutely see that happening. They obviously need to get better up front. And so I think that's really where their primary concern will be. That's probably what the focus is going to be. But Bijan, again, is going to be a first-round running back when it's all said and done. Just won't be playing in this bowl game. But uh, I think there's still a lot to like in this game. Um, a lot of athletes, a lot of players to be excited for. Not only for this year's draft, 
but next year's draft as well. So transitioning from Thursday the 29th to Friday, December 30th, you've got Maryland taking on NC State, number 23 ranked Wolfpack in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. And with Maryland, you're not going to see Dante Demas, their uh, outstanding receiver on the outside. Had that ugly leg injury a season ago, but look, 6'3", 217 pounds. A guy who has tremendous length as a receiver. A guy that can make plays down the field as well. I think, you know, testing is going to be a key for him. Really show that he can be explosive, stretching the defense. He has that length, but the question is going to be, can he separate on, on a consistent basis? I think that's really going to be a huge question mark for Dante Demas. When you look at Maryland, uh, obviously you have to talk about Jalen Duncan. Duncan uh, hasn't indicated that he's not going to play in the game, so I think, you know, and, and I think it's a good decision for him to play in the bowl. You know, this is a guy who could be a potential first-round pick. You know, people talk about him as that dancing bear, a guy that uh, is very light on his feet. Um, you know, you watch him, he you know, plays with that flat back, knee bend, the hands, but there's a lot of bad tape on him as well. Uh, you know, I, I thought that he struggled at times, uh, uh, you know, against a lot of edge rushers. You saw him against, you know, Mike Morris. You saw him against Zach Harrison. You saw him against JT Tuimoloau. Uh, you know, some of these elite edge rushers, and he struggled at times. But then there were also reps where he was able to anchor, really drop his weight, and stifle the rush by by Zach Harrison. Aggressive, getting out to them, getting his hands on them very well. Um, you know leverage on Mike Morris getting under that pad level really keeping the hands inside neutralizing him active hands so it's just how can we cut down on those ugly reps that's really the biggest thing because there are a lot of really really good things that Jalen Duncan did throughout the 2022 season 6'6 315 pounds a fringe first rounder I think He'll probably see his draft stock pushed to, to day two, although you know, depending on how he tests, he could end up falling back into that, that day one consideration. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how things play out for him. Um, Rakeem Jarrett, six foot, 190 pounds. He's going to be a weapon in the slot. Battled some injuries during the season as well, but he'll be a guy to keep an eye out for. Jacorian Bennett and Deontay Banks, the two corners. Jacorian Bennett, a little undersized, 5'11", 195 pounds, probably best in the slot, but has really good ball uh, ball skills. He can be physical at the top of the route. You'll see the uh, the, the ability to make plays on the football. Uh, Deontay Banks is, is the bigger receiver. He's 6'2", 205, can get physical. Um, the thing that you really see is, is the makeup speed. You know, he closes the gap in a hurry, gets right on the hip, and uh, able to open up his hips when he needs to. Can make plays on the football as well. Those are two corners that I think we'll hear their names called uh, on. I think Banks possibly on day two, but uh, I think they'll both hear their names called um, you know before the end of round number five uh, when it's all said and done. So Maryland taking on NC State, and obviously we know that that Devin Leary, he tore his pec muscle. He's no longer there. He's following Will Levis to Kentucky, so he's no longer on the roster. But there's still guys to talk about there for NC State, and uh, obviously defensively, the guy that you're going to have to look out for is Peyton Wilson. 
and Peyton Wilson is a tackling machine. He just needs to stay healthy. That's really the biggest thing for him because when he does, he's a guy that just he, he flies around to the football. He's instinctive. He plays fast. He's big, 6'4", 235 pounds. Had a tremendous year in 2020 when he was healthy. 108 tackles, 11 and a half tackles for loss. Really was a guy that turned a lot of heads and, and there was a lot of excitement. Injured his shoulder in the second game of the year in 2021 against Mississippi State. Missed 10 games, when healthy. This is a guy who has tremendous range. He can fly around to the football, can drop into coverage a little bit. I watched that game against North Carolina and he's playing a tight end on a wheel route, had inside leverage, quarterback throws up the sideline, gets his head around, makes a leaping effort. Really, ball was in his hands and just kind of lost it when he went to the ground, but he has that, that ability, right? You know, he can get after the quarterback and rush the passer a little bit, uh, can get skinny through holes and, and, and get penetration early and be disruptive uh, as well, uh, can run plays down behind the line of scrimmage, um, but I, I think health is really going to be the biggest concern um, when we're looking at Peyton Wilson. Drake Thomas is really one of their best edge rushers, six foot, 230 pounds, only a junior, so I, I think Drake Thomas is likely going to come back for one more season. But when you look at him back-to-back -back years with 90-plus tackles, um, double-digit tackles for loss, at least six sacks, had three interceptions in 2021, four pass breakups, he's a guy that... Uh, I'd love to see come back for another season and be one of those guys to continue to build his resume and be a guy that we're talking about you know, in the first two days of the draft. Uh, Pittsburgh taking on uh, UCLA. We know with Pittsburgh, Keaton Slovis transferring to BYU, Kalijah Kansi, the exceptional defensive tackle, is sitting out. We'll be talking about him quite a bit. He's sitting out to opt out for the draft. Uh, you look at UCLA, the number 18th ranked Bruins. Look, you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson, DTR, is a quarterback that people have to get to know. Um, a, a guy who's a tremendous athlete. He will get drafted on day three. Uh, I, I think there's enough to his game to where he will get himself drafted. Is he a guy that's going to end up, um, you know, a, as a starter at the next level? No. But he's a gamer. He's a guy that's dynamic with the ball in his hands, over 1,800 yards on the ground, um, improved his completion percentage, you know, just by leaps and bounds this past season, um, just under 70% completion percentage. Um, needs to cut down on the interceptions, but uh, and some of the, the poor decision-making, you saw that against USC, didn't see the linebacker that's undercutting the route. Some really uh, unfortunate timing to some of his interceptions. Zach Charbonnet, to me, is one of the best running backs in this year's draft class. 6'1", 220 pounds, uh, over 1,300 yards on the ground, seven yards per carry 14 touchdowns also had 37 receptions that dynamic receiver he is a one cut and go type of a guy but can make you miss out in the open field will drop his pad level and run you over and uh, he may not be a guy that's going to ultimately uh, outrun you but he's going to get a ton of yards in bunches and I think he can be a three down back because of his ability to catch the football coming out of the backfield um, you know I would have loved to have seen Pittsburgh and uh, you know Kalijah Kansi seeing what they can do there with with uh, Zach Charbonnet when I think about Pittsburgh I look at Servassier Dennis their active uh, middle linebacker 6'1 230 pounds 94 tackles this past season, 12 going for loss, 7 sacks, very active, a guy that, you know, 
sometimes his blitz as well can be explosive there, can drop into coverage a little bit. Um, you know, I think he's going to be very exciting to watch. And then Israel Abanacanda, uh, the running back, 5'11", 215 pounds, a guy that only a junior over 1,400 yards on the ground, 20 touchdowns. Really, Keaton Slovis kind of slowed by the by the injuries and uh, you know the concussions, and they had to really lean heavily on Abanacanda, and we really got to see him showcase what he could do. He's a guy to watch out for on the offensive side of the football, and could decide to enter the draft uh, if he so chooses. Uh, when you look at the next game on you know on the schedule, it's really going to be a fun one to watch. Notre Dame taking on South Carolina. Irish ranked number 21, Gamecocks now at number 19, took down two top 10 teams. Uh, they get to play in the Gator Bowl there. I think it'll be a virtual home game for the Gamecocks. And uh, we get to see Spencer Rattler you know, really spin the football, struggle for much of the year. But you know, when it counted against you know, top 10 teams, Spencer Rattler stepped up and just was absolutely dynamic. Uh, just, abs- just throwing dime after dime, showcasing that arm strength and showing why he's, you know, he was really looked at as one of the top quarterbacks coming into last season. 6'1", 200 pounds, uh, tremendous arm strength. Look, you know, he what he did against Tennessee, the six touchdown passes was absolutely ridiculous. Follows that up uh, and able to really take down Clemson. You know, against t- Tennessee, 81% completion percentage, 438 yards, six touchdowns, zero sacks. First first 10 games, 65% completion percentage, 198.2 passing yards per game, eight touchdowns, nine interceptions. He's a big reason why we're talking about the Gamecocks in the Gator Bowl this year. Um, And there's a lot to be excited about if you were a Gamecock fan going into 2023. His dynamic receiver, Antoine Wells, uh, James Madison transfer, look, 6'1", 207. This is a dude who was making plays all over the field. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a dynamic playmaker, that's for sure. They're going to miss Zach Pickens on the defensive side of the football, 6'4", 305. uh, A guy who can, uh, that short area burst to get after the quarterback a little bit has pretty good length there to, to neutralize the point of attack and then obviously cam smith a guy who can end up being a first round pick six foot 188 pounds played the nickel quite a bit there uh, for the gamecocks but a guy who can play on the outside he can play on the inside can play the nickel wherever you need him that versatility is really going to bode well for him at the next level especially when we're talking about you know where he can go in the draft for the irish we know that michael mayer the top tight end a guy who who's going to be a first rounder when it's all when it's all said and done i mean michael mayer um, a guy who is the best receiving tight end in this year's draft the best blocking tight end in this year's draft the most complete tight end we've seen in a little while so he's a guy that could end up getting drafted potentially in the first half of round number one he won't be in this bowl game but a guy who will be is isaiah foskey one of the better pass rushers in this year's draft a guy who has an outside chance at a late round one probably going to be a round two pick 6'4 257 bends really well coming off the edge back-to-back seasons with at least 10 sacks the one concern if you look at him is you know 20 and a half sacks just 24 tackles for loss so when you're talking about him making plays behind the line of scrimmage you know, you'd like to see him being disruptive against the run as well as the pass but look this is a guy again um, you know you see the athleticism you see the hand usage you see his ability to bend dude had two block punts 
against UNLV, so you see the athleticism there. Against USC, Jordan Addison was taken off down the field. He was able to chase him down, punch the football out from behind, chase him down 25 yards down the field. Excellent hand usage, excellent effort. This guy plays with his hair on fire. To me, he should be a first-round pick. I think he may end up falling to round number two, but you know everything screams first rounder to me and uh you know a, a guy that he can play with his hand in the dirt you can stand him up as well he has some of that positional versatility so i think it'll be interesting to see um, what happens with isaiah foskey a big game here could really solidify his status as a first round pick which then takes us to ohio and wyoming in the barstool sports arizona bowl uh, a game that if you're looking to tune in on this, it's basically going to be aired on Barstool. And uh, when you're talking about Ohio, you know their, their dynamic quarterback, Curtis Rourke, and his health is the biggest concern. You want to be able to see him in the bowl game because, look, this guy over 3,000 yards passing, 69% completion percentage, 25 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Um, but... You know, a guy that's going to come back to the Bobcats next season, a guy that uh, is likely to enter the draft. We're talking about Sam Wiglis, the receiver, 5'11", 188 pounds, uh, transfer from Ohio State. In his only year with the Bobcats, 69 catches, 850 yards, 11 touchdowns, a guy who you know, is a savvy route runner, a guy that knows how to get open. He's going to be a guy that's going to be really leaned upon in that passing attack for Ohio. And then with Wyoming, what's interesting is... You know, we had Xavier Valade. He's ultimately transferred to Arizona State before the season began. Wyoming's just a really young team. We don't have anybody who's really draft eligible to talk about. Um, you know, we have Easton Gibbs, a guy that we're talking about. You know, starting next draft cycle, 111 tackles this past season, 6'2", 227 pounds. Technically, he is draft eligible because he is a a, a third-year sophomore. But a guy who obviously is going to come back and play for the, for the Cowboys for at least one, if not two more seasons. Uh, 242 tackles so far in his career, 17 and a half going for loss, five pass breakups as well. A guy who has a nose for the football. And how about Devon Harris? 6'4", 223. 223 pounds. He's an undersized defensive end, but a guy who just knows how to get after the quarterback. In his first year of uh, really you know sustained uh, action and significant action. Uh, 13 tackles for loss, eight sacks. A guy who I think is really going to, uh, you know, he led the, the the pass rushers. They had uh, five guys with at least four sacks this past season, and and Devon Harris was the guy that uh, really was the the guy that was really stirring the drink there in terms of that pass rush. So I think the future will be bright for Wyoming, especially on the defensive side of the football. And then you've got Tennessee taking on Clemson, Orange Bowl. Hard Rock Stadium in Florida there. Tennessee, number six in the country, taking on Clemson, number seven in the country. So the six and seven teams. And when you're talking about you know these two teams, obviously we were talking about a lot of guys who are going to opt out of this. Uh, you know, we have the Blitnikoff Award winner, Jalen Hyatt, uh, a vertical threat, a guy who obviously racked up a ton of a ton of yards, a ton of touchdowns. Um, and that's why he ultimately ended up winning that Blitnikoff Award. You worry about him, though, that vertical presence, that vertical threat. Is he going to be another Corey Coleman? Um, you know, is there more to his route tree? And we're going to have to really see what this guy can do. Um, really study the game film because he, he had that breakout season here this, this past year. 
and, and you're talking about obviously you know that was when Cedric Tillman went down to injury. Cedric Tillman, another guy really sitting out more because of the injury than anything else. But Tillman is a guy that uh, you know obviously we're talking about Hyatt, likely a first round pick because of that explosiveness. With Cedric Tillman, he's a, a bigger receiver. He's six three, two fifteen, a guy that uh, you know a season ago. You know, 17 yards per reception, um, over a thousand yards, 12 touchdowns. The injuries really kind of um, limited his effectiveness stretching the football down the field. This was a guy who I thought you know could win those 50-50 balls, can stretch the defenses a little bit vertically. You worry about that a little bit, especially with the injury. What's what's the what's he going to test? What is that really going to show at uh, at the All-Star games as well? Because he is a senior, he just opted out of the game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there for for Cedric Tillman. Obviously, we know Hendon Hooker won't be playing because of the knee injury. Um, I, I still think he's going to be a day two pick. You know, this is a guy he's going to need time to develop um, a, a little bit more. He is 25 years of age, so that has to be a concern for NFL teams. When you look at Josh Heupel and that offense, the fact that they run those wide splits, the NFL is not designed like that. It's going to take him a little bit to really adjust with that new playbook. But the guy that I'm looking forward to seeing play is Darnell Wright. Would have loved to have seen him take on Miles Murphy. This is a guy who did a really good job against Will Anderson. And I think his draft stock is continuing to rise. A guy who I won't be surprised if we start talking about him in round number one uh, as people continue to study the tape on him. Uh, you know, a guy who, look, he's 6'6", 335 pounds. Um, had some really good reps against Jalen Carter when Tennessee took on Georgia as well. Uh, you love the hands, he's physical, um, you, you know, the, the lateral agility, especially, you know, against Will Anderson, that was one of the things that you absolutely saw, you know, when, when Anderson tried to get to the inside, a real strong power step, and, and gets in there, and then the biggest thing was, was when Will Anderson would, would have those secondary moves, that's where Darnell Wright would get beat at times, so that's really where, where Wright has to work on, is that, that, that uh, change of direction, especially with those secondary moves, but uh, a guy who I'm really excited about at the next level. Uh, with Clemson, at, you know, right now it looks like Brian Brissee is likely going to be playing. Um, you know, and really with Brissee, the biggest thing that you have to to worry about is is his overall health. You know, when this guy was you know, burst onto the scene as a true freshman, he was absolutely dynamic. You know, and that was one of the things that you absolutely you know that you you see glimpses of even now. But as a true freshman, you know, this guy six and a half tackles for loss, four sacks. The explosive get off at that three technique was was unparalleled uh, for a guy you know at his age. But uh, you know, fan sided broke things down and they noted that look, you know, after playing 432 snaps as a freshman. He was limited to four games and 145 snaps in 2021, 301 snaps in 11 games this past season. So that's 878 snaps plus the Orange Bowl in, in three seasons, two of which were plagued by injury. So when you think about that, 50 snaps a game, you're looking at somewhere between 16 or 17 full games. So as they noted there, uh, you know, it's a, a very short career. Marty Coleman doing a great job breaking things down in terms of what that looks like for Brian Brissee. It makes sense for me to see uh, Brian Brissee play in this bowl game, really showcase his ability, and to, to show everyone that 
look, that health should not be a concern. This is going to be somebody who you can draft in the top half of round number one. And, uh, you know, that, that's really the big thing. When you're talking about the investment and, uh, you know, in round one, you want to be able to say, okay, this is going to be my guy. This is who I'm going to go after, um, you know, and, uh, you know, a guy that we can rely on um, as a playmaker, um, you know, for the first first contract into the second contract, hopefully we can have him for a decade plus. Uh, Brissy, I mentioned Asim Richards earlier from UNC. Look, Brian Brissy, when he was lining up over him, made him look silly. Quick arm over to the inside, chases chases after the quarterback. Uh, you know, Drake May in that game. You know, and I just, I look at my my notes and it's just burst, 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 using his hands to clear athleticism chasing down running backs um you know that's one of the things that he was absolutely uh you know you allow him to play in space you also saw him um, standing up guards at the point of attack inside you know zone plays where he's able to beat the block using his hand stack shed and drop the the, the running backs in the backfield uh, brian Brissy is is a guy People are comparing him to Taven Bryant. Is he going to have similar uh, production at the NFL level? That's really the big concern that you have. So, Brian Bassey, you know, hats off to you for for likely playing in this game. Um, you know, I'd love to see him actually come back for one more year. The injuries over the last two may ultimately propel him into the draft, but uh, you know, the, the injury concerns. Could also be a reason why, hey, let's get him back for another year in a Clemson uniform and really let him uh, let him have a full season under his belt. I still see him entering the draft because he's a, he's a guaranteed first round pick unless something catastrophic happens. He's going to be a top 20 pick, but good on him for playing in this game because look, we'd love to see his last game in a Clemson uniform in dominating fashion. If he could put together some really good reps against Darnell Wright, even better. We'll also get to see Trenton Simpson, the linebacker, likely going to be a first-round pick if he decides to come out. 6'3", 225 pounds. The range laterally is exceptional. Speed coming off the edge, blitzing, getting after the quarterback. Uh, can drop into coverage a little bit as well. The explosiveness, the versatility. He's a guy that, look, you know, Isaiah Simmons was the freakish athlete. He's not quite on that level. He's he's pretty close in terms of the overall athleticism. He hasn't declared yet, but he'll be an exciting player to watch throughout the draft process if he decides to come out this year. Um, you know, Tyler Davis, another guy up front who's battled injury, 6'2", 300 pounds. Uh, the junior, when he's healthy, can be a... Uh, can be a menace, can be a force, but he's battled injuries this year. Um, you know, had the torn biceps as well in in 2021. Um, if he could stay healthy, just that explosiveness coming off the ball, um, you know, plays with excellent leverage, keeps that pad level low, and, and fires through gaps. He, he can be an exciting player to watch. One guy, as I mentioned uh, earlier, who won't be in the bowl game is Miles Murphy, 6'5", 275, the junior. A lot of people think he's the number one defensive end prospect. And look, he's going to test through the roof. This guy, when you look at him, the 40 times are you know, ridiculous. Uh, you know, Really, everything that this guy has screams top five, top ten pick potential. Um, you know, the production, look, 36 tackles for loss, 18 and a half sacks in his career. Um, you know, a guy that is a tremendous athlete. Um, you know, you, you love the wingspan to him. You know, five pass breakups, um, has six forced fumbles in his career as well. Knows how to, you know, what to do when he gets to the football. Um, 
you know, the, the explosiveness, the lower body explosiveness. You'll, you'll see that in the vertical leap, the broad jump as well. Um, his ability to turn the corner in a hurry, the change of direction. Um, he has all the tools. Just, you know, hasn't really put together a, an explosive performance um, in his career to this point. And I think that's really the one thing that you're really wanting to see from him. He has all the traits um, that are there, the traits that are necessary. You know, against Florida State, you know, it's. I think that was a team that he, he seemed to really elevate his game against um, with a couple of sacks. Each of the last two games had three and a half tackles for loss in those games as well. What you love about Miles Murphy is he'll play both the pass and the run. And because of his, his athleticism, he's going to do things that Trayvon Walker uh, it, it was able to do in last year's draft. And, uh, that draft cycle and I think that's going to turn a lot of heads force people back to the game film and say you know what this guy can do a lot of the little things and he's so athletic we can turn him into a complete defensive end and uh, so I think that's really it's going to be interesting to see his explosiveness versus the length the strength and the power of Tyree Wilson that position battle to see who's going to be the number one defensive end taken I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch throughout the entire draft process um, you know you move to December 31st Saturday Bama taking on K-State number five ranked uh, Alabama Crimson Tide in the Sugar Bowl taking on the number nine ranked Wildcats and uh, look you know with, with Alabama we've talked a lot about Bryce Young Heisman Trophy winner a, a season ago and the intelligence the calmness you know in that pocket just the poise uh, mature beyond his years his ability to manipulate the pocket he's not a, a you know I, you know I think he's a reluctant runner but he'll take off and run when he needs to a guy that just he does a great job manipulating that pocket being able to you know roll out a little bit reset and stay within that pocket um, you know and when he does that he, he's he can be very special and that's one of the things that you absolutely love about him. Obviously, you have Will Anderson on the defensive side of the football, a freakish, freakish talent there um, at, at the outside linebacker position. Benaric Award winner, uh, Nagurski Award winner. Uh, you know, a, a guy who is just he he. The, the get off is unreal. Um, the bend is it's just okay. It's not gr tremendous, but uh, he's so explosive. Knows how to get to the quarterback. The repertoire of pass rush moves. The hands. Uh, you know, you can go on and on with superlatives for him. Uh, those two guys could end up being two of the top three picks in this year's draft. They've both said that they are playing in this game, even though it's not in the playoff good on the two of them. K-State, you've got Deuce Vaughn, who basically looks like a Darren Sproles clone. The feet, so quick in the hole, uh, hides behind the defenders and then pops out and uh, has, you know, he's basically a bowling ball for a guy who is, is just 5'7", 5'6", 5'7", but uh, has tremendous speed, breakaway speed, tremendous receiver as well. And then Cooper Beebe on... Uh, on that offensive line, another guy who's exceptionally physical at the point of attack. He has the ability to play tackle if he need to. Um, so he's a guy that has that versatility. 6'4", 322 pounds, only a junior. But 
I, I could see him potentially entering the draft. Um, a, a guy who could be that fringe day two, early day three guy, very physical at the point of attack, as I mentioned, generates a ton of movement, especially in the running game, blocking for Deuce Vaughn. Um, and then defensively, obviously, you've got Julius Brents, 6'4", 202, tremendous length. I think that's really the thing that jumps out um, on the film. Uh, struggled at times. Um, you know, with uh, with Quentin Johnson there in the Big 12 Championship, but then there were other plays where this guy was just making plays on the football. Um, just a great job reading, reacting, and uh, you know the ball skills are absolutely evident. So he's a guy that I think, as the draft process goes along, teams are really going to be studying the film a lot more. Um, you know, with a guy with that type of length, and uh, when he gets lined up against. Bama, who is without a, a true number one wideout, I, I think you know you're going to get to see Julius Brents really showcase some of that that ball hawking ability. I think it's actually going to be a much closer game than people really are, are thinking right now. Kentucky, um, obviously, Will Levis is a potential top ten pick there at that quarterback spot. Um, you know, there's when you talk about traits, this guy has those in you know in abundance, right? But you know he plays the quarterback position, you know, with the linebackers mentality. He needs to dial that back. Teams are hungry for the next Josh Allen. They think Will uh, Levis is going to be that guy. Played in an NFL-style offense, um, understands you know where to go with the football. Tremendous arm strength. Needs to cut down on the mistakes. Uh, tremendous athlete. Um, but he won't be in the game. Neither will Chris Rodriguez. They're they're powerful running back. A guy that is a downhill force. Um, had to sit out, you know, was suspended for the first four games, so he'll be a guy that'll have to answer to that. Iowa, though, Jack Cam- uh, Jack Campbell, or do everything, uh, linebacker. Um, I believe he was a Campbell Trophy winner. Um, you know, very intelligent player as well. A guy that just he flies around to the football. He's 6'5", 243 pounds. Back-to-back seasons, over 100 tackles, 140 last year, 115 this year. Um, a guy that uh, can drop into coverage a little bit, but he's really at his best going downhill. Um, he can be a a three-down linebacker. Um, you know, can get into those throwing lanes. Can actually show off a little bit of, of range in terms of that a catch radius as well. I think he's a better athlete than people really give him credit for. And look for him to showcase that a little bit here in this game. When you talk about Iowa as well, then you have to talk about the freakish dude up front. Uh, you know, I think they, his nickname is Thor. I want to say it's 6'5", 264 pound, Lucas Van Ness. And this dude, uh, 17 and a half tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks. A guy who just absolutely bowls over guys. Just tremendous strength at the point of attack. So physical, runs through guys, runs them over. Um, you know, dominated just about anybody that he lined up against. And uh, he's only a, uh, a redshirt sophomore, but a guy who I think is garnering some of that buzz as a potential first rounder because of the physical skills. Does he come back to Iowa? Does he not? You know, he's one of those intriguing, intriguing prospects. Another intriguing guy is Riley Moss, the corner. 6'1", 194 pounds, incredibly productive. 11 interceptions, 25 pass breakups. A guy who I think um, doesn't get a lot of credit for being uh, the ball hawk that he is. I think he's incredibly instinctive. I think he's a better athlete than people give him credit for as well. He'll be a guy in the pre-draft process, really watch the hips, you know, um, because he's a taller corner. Can he 
sink those hips, you know, in and out of the cuts? Can he uh, flip those hips and turn and run with the receiver? Those are going to be things that I think a lot of people are going to be watching as well uh, from Riley Moss. TCU taking on Michigan. First of the college football playoff games there in the Fiesta Bowl. Number three, Horned Frogs. Number two, Michigan Wolverines. And, uh, you know, when I think of the Horned Frogs, you know, obviously you look at the the Heisman runner-up, Max Duggan, in the year that he's had. You can't help but think of the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, um, with with the way that Max Duggan plays out on the football field. Um, Look, 65% completion percentage, over 3,300 yards, 30 touchdowns, just four interceptions. Dynamic, dynamic playmaker, a guy that uh, you know, really is the heart and soul of TCU's offense. He'll be a day three guy. You know, I know Andy Dalton ultimately came off the board in uh, um, in round number two, 35th overall to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, himself a um, you know he what well, he was ninth in the Heisman voting back in 2010. Um, just for comparison, 66% completion percentage, over 2,800 yards, 27 touchdowns, six interceptions, had 1,600 yards on the ground as a, a you know as a runner with 22 touchdowns. Don't really think about that from Andy Dalton, but you know this guy, he, he really knew how to carry the football. There was with the Horn Frogs from 2007 to 2010. Fast forward 2022, Max Duggan doing a lot of crazy things as a senior. Over 1,800 yards on the ground, 25 touchdowns in his career as well. Remember, he was the starter. Chandler Morris took it over uh, to start the year. Gets injured in their first game. Max Duggan comes out and has a year to remember. Uh, Kendra Miller, the running back, uh, a physical presence up front, six foot. 206 pounds, over 1,300 yards on the ground, 17 touchdowns. Only a junior could decide to enter the draft. Uh, a guy who could end up working his way into being a top five running back in this year's draft class. You've got Quentin Johnson, and when you talk about Big Q, this dude is a freakish athlete. 6'4", 193 pounds, uh, 903 yards through the air this past season, 17 yards per reception, five touchdowns. A guy that uh, does a great job vertically. Um, you want to be able to see him separate in, in a lot of other routes. You know, I think really where he was able to separate was down the field. Uh, a lot of late separation, able to clear some of that distance, go up, make some of those 50-50 catches. But you know, his game reminds me a little bit of, of Drake London you know, to a degree where Drake was able to take over games and really be virtually unblockable. You saw that with Quentin uh, Johnson a little bit. I think Quentin Johnson at the end of the day is going to end up being the number one uh, receiver taken when it's all said and done, though. Uh, D. Winters on the defensive side of the football, he's going to have to figure out a way to shut down Michigan's rushing attack. 6'1", 223 pounds, flies around to the football. Um, you know, a guy that looks seven and a half sacks, 11 and a half tackles for loss. He's going to have to disrupt J.J. McCarthy quite a bit. He and uh, you know the line up front, Dylan Horton, is probably their most prolific pass rusher up front. 6'4", 244 pounds. He transferred from New Mexico, played the last three seasons with the Horned Frogs, uh, 10 tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. Uh, you know, a guy that can get after the quarterback, uses his length to his advantage up front. Um, and then obviously you've got Tra- uh, Travius Hodges, uh, and that's a guy that obviously is going to get a lot of the attention on the back end of that defense, and rightfully so. He's 5'9", 177 pounds, um, excellent ball skills, uh, five interceptions, 32 pass breakups, a guy that you know likely is going to be uh, you know, a, a slot corner, 
guy that's going to play on the inside, but uh, is a dynamic playmaker and a guy that just has a nose for the football. Uh, the Jim Thorpe Award winner, I might add. No Blake Corum, no problem. They just throw in Donovan, uh, Donovan Edwards and let him do his thing. Uh, Donovan Edwards, you know, six foot, two oh two, very explosive, explosive back. Uh, but obviously, you know, not having Blake Corum, you know, watching the effectiveness of Donovan Edwards, it makes you wonder about uh, you know Blake Corum and some of the uh, his ability running the football. Uh, just in terms of his his stat line, right? Over 1,400 yards on the ground, 18 touchdowns. You know, but you know the effectiveness there with that Joe Moore Award-winning offensive line two years in a row, um, running behind a line like that. Uh, you know, it, it makes you wonder there with Blake Corum. Obviously, you know he had had a knee injury and uh, he won't be playing in the game. That guy, just a bowling ball as well. Just so tough to tackle. Um, physical, added you know, about 15 pounds of muscle uh, to his frame. And uh, look, you know, he was seventh in the Heisman voting because of everything that he did. Also a pretty good receiver coming out of the backfield. But you know, if I'm looking at Michigan, I'm looking at their offensive line. Ryan Hayes, 6'7", 305, the tackle, physical. I think he'd be a great right tackle at the next level. Zach Zinter, to me, is is so much fun to watch. Watch him on the interior of that offensive line. Um, he, he's so physical at the point of attack. He's going to look to throw guys around. I think if he gets a chance to line up against, uh, you know, Demonic Williams, I think he's finally 18 years of age, but he's he's physical at the point of attack. I think that's going to be a fun matchup. 65 for Michigan is nasty. He's a mauler. He wants to beat you up. He wants to throw you down. He wants to humiliate you. He's the type of guy that I would love to run behind if I were a running back. And then you have Olu Oluwatimi. And look, you know this is a guy, you know the the Remington. Trophy winner as a top center, 6'3", 307. To me, he's one of the better centers in this year's draft. A lot of people talk about, well, can he truly anchor? Um, you know, is he? You know, some of the athletic limitations. All I see when I put on the film is a guy that makes a ton of plays. You know, is a guy that can open up holes. You see the athleticism, being able to climb to the next level. Um, he can get driven back off the ball, um, but you see him reset his feet anchor stop the momentum can pull around very good on the move as well um, and just an intelligent intelligent player um, so he's going to be someone that's going to be a lot of fun to watch defensively you know the question is is, is mike morris their dynamic pass rusher uh tremendous length on the outside 6'6 292 is he going to be healthy um, and then obviously you have mozzie smith the nose tackle 6'3 337 pounds explosive guy that can get after the quarterback uh, can also be a menace against the run um, uses his hands really well and uh, can get a good push up front and then finally, uh, on the back end of the defense, DJ Turner is a guy to watch out for. Uh, you know, he, he really caused a lot of problems there for, for Charlie, Charlie Jones. I know Charlie Jones had a tremendous year there, for, or a tremendous game in that Big 12 championship. But, uh, you know, DJ, DJ Turner made a lot of plays. You know, very smooth um, in, in his transitions from his back pedal. Um, and uh, being able to flip his hips when he needs to, then plant and drive on the football. He's really a, a guy that I think has continued to get better as the season has progressed. Um, so he'll be a lot of fun to watch there as well. And then when you look at Ohio State taking on Georgia, the number four ranked Buckeyes, Peach Bowl, 
I mean, it's a home game for, for the Georgia Bulldogs. A matchup to watch, obviously. You're watching C.J. Stroud against that Georgia defense. And for me, you know, watch C.J. Stroud, a guy who he can throw the deep ball, but, you know, he lacks the ability to drive that football with any kind of velocity on the short to intermediate routes. I think that's really what's going to get him into trouble. That offensive line, uh, I, I think, can hold up at times against that Georgia pass rush. And then really what you're going to see is a dynamic secondary. Uh, you know, Kelly Ringo, or Keely Ringo, uh, he's 6'2", 205. Uh, this is a guy that uh, can struggle at times getting in and out of his breaks. Um, and a guy that can be susceptible to be beaten there on the outside. So uh, you're really going to see Marvin Harrison Jr., um, only a sophomore, but look, he's the best receiver in college football. Uh, I really don't think there's any question. The the hands, the catch radius, the speed, the, the body control, uh, he, he's got it all. He's a total package. Uh, the route running ability as well. Emeka Ibuka is, is not a shabby receiver himself. Uh, you know, and so C.J. Stroud, I mean, he's thrown to a lot of wide-open receivers. You see him process the game really well. You love his ability to throw his receivers open, um, throw with anticipation, obviously, the ball placement. Um, but, you know, when you talk about that arm strength, that's going to get him into trouble at the next level. You know, just, just watch. Just watch it happen. Uh, you know, Paris Johnson up front, he's the guy that I think can make himself a lot of money. You know, especially if he gets to go up against Jalen Carter and if he can neutralize that, that beast um, you know, up front, that's really what's what you want to see. And with Paris Johnson, he played guard, moved outside to tackle, and uh, you know, a guy who I think is going to be in that consideration as potentially the number one offensive tackle in this year's draft, especially now that uh, uh, Olu Fashanu has decided to come back to Penn State. Um, so Paris Johnson, look, 6'6", 310, the junior. Um, you know, he could generate movement as well in the running game. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to watch. You know, obviously you've got Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams. If they're healthy... I think Ohio State can uh, run the football quite a bit. That'll also open up uh, you know, the, the passing lanes as well for C.J. Stroud. Um, but when you talk about Georgia, you're looking at Jalen Carter up front, um, 6'3", 310. Um, you know, he and, and Quinn and Williams are, are two of the most explosive defensive tackles I think we've seen in quite some time. He's so versatile up front. He can line up at nose tackle. Can line up at defensive end. Did that on the same drive, you know, quite a quite a bit. Um, you know, a, a guy who, you know, I mentioned it against Oregon, just throwing, um, you know, a big 320-pound offensive lineman to the ground. Um, he, he stacks guys, sheds them, just throws them aside, and you know the strength at that point of attack. But he he's also explosive. Can get downhill in a hurry. Um, you know, over the last five games going into that SEC championship, had five tackles for loss, two sacks, two forced fumbles, you know, battled some injuries early on. This dude is just so explosive coming off the football. Uh, you know, the strength, I think, you know, that's the biggest thing. I think Quinton Williams was, was quicker than him, but, uh, you know, I think the power and the speed to power that you see from Jalen Carter, I think, is unparalleled. And so, you know, Jalen Carter... To Seattle, just pencil that in right now. Um, I, I think Luke Whipler, the center, especially when when Carter's lined up at that nose tackle position, you know, it, it, keep an eye out for Ohio State's center. That matchup is going to be interesting. 
Broderick Jones, the left tackle, another guy who was going to be in consideration as a first-round tackle. Um, you know, he's he, he, he doesn't have the, the, the best size. He's 6'4", about 319 pounds, um, but he's so light on his feet, moves very well. Um, a guy initially, I was wondering if he was going to have to kick inside, but you know, you see the lateral ability. Um, does a great job there. He does, you know, lack some ideal length that'll cause him to bend at his waist at times. Uh, I thought that's where he struggled against B.J. Ojolari uh, in that SEC championship a little bit. Got driven back by Keon White with his bull rush there uh, against Georgia Tech. Uh, so some of the reps for him, you know, were a little questionable at times. But look, he's going to get to go up against some elite pass rushers with Zach Harrison there for Ohio State, a guy who has tremendous length. You're going to see the power there. The JT Molu, uh, Tui Moloau is more of the explosive edge rusher. He's only, uh, you know, he's, he's an underclassman, so he's going to be coming back. Zach Harrison will be draft eligible and a guy that I think has, has really come on. I was waiting for him for so long to develop and uh, you know this year you finally seen it. He doesn't bend all that well, but he uses that length to his advantage. The speed to power is tremendous and uh, you know I really want to see what Broderick Jones can do against those two polar opposites in terms of those pass rushers. I think that's really going to be interesting. Um, you know, an interesting dynamic there for sure. And then obviously you've got Kenny McIntosh, the 6'1", 210-pound running back, uh, a guy who has tremendous vision, especially with the the outside zones, um, can run a little bit between the tackles, um, kind of an upright running style at times, excellent pass catcher, one of the better pass catchers in this year's draft class. Look, Georgia turns out running backs. They have guys that enter the draft every year, guys that are productive at the next level. He's just going to be the next guy. And then Stetson Bennett, a quarterback who's going to be drafted on day three at some point. Um, you know, 27 and three uh, career record as a starter. Um, obviously, he's playing for a dyna dynamic offense, but he just he knows where to go with the football. You know, he makes great decisions, throws his receivers open, uh, doesn't do too much, stays within the confines of the offense, and uh, a lot of times at the next level, you know, guys can get can really get things done. You look at what Taylor Heineke is, is doing for Washington and, uh, you know, these undersized quarterbacks, you know, Stetson Bennett, look, he may not be the tremendous athlete that you're necessarily looking for. Heineke wasn't even drafted, but you see what he's able to do for Washington. Could be the same, you know, similar situation there for Stetson Bennett. I think he at least gets himself drafted. Uh, I think Georgia and Michigan will likely come away with the win, but, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what these matchups will bring. That's for sure. Uh, Mississippi State taking on Illinois on January 2nd. That's a Monday. And uh, Illinois will, will be without the dynamic running back Chase Brown, a guy who has the speed on the outside, the power between the tackles. We will not get to see him, uh, unfortunately. I was really looking forward to seeing uh, that matchup. What you are going to see is Devin Witherspoon showcase his ability against a, a, a an offense that we would have loved to have seen the Pirate Mike Leach rest in peace to you know a one of a kind uh, coach and person uh, just gone way too soon and uh, you know that offense that he has uh, you know taking that air raid from from Hal Mummy uh, the one offense that the two of them really developed and uh, you look at Devin Witherspoon. What's he going to be able to do against uh, Will Rogers and company? Look, 
six foot, 180 pounds. He's physical, um, needs to watch some of the, the pass interference at times because he wants to get his hands on you quite a bit. But uh, the ball skills were evident. He's, he's going to be physical. He's going to be aggressive. And uh, he, he's a playmaker. And that's one of the things that you love. You also see him in off coverage, eyes in the backfield, um, reading on the quarterback, reading the eyes, driving on the football in a hurry, really no wasted movement, uh, coming downhill and making a play on the football. Um, so he's going to be a guy that I'm going to be watching for, for sure, obviously, as a potential first-round corner. His brother, twin brother, Sidney Brown, the safety, uh, a guy that makes plays on the back end of the defense, six foot two oh five, a guy who's going to be a, a you know a a day three prospect, but I think he's going to probably get drafted and people really uh, might be expecting because he, he's just he, he's a ball hawk, much like Devin Witherspoon, uh, six interceptions this past season, uh, you know seven pass breakups, a guy who also has ten tackles for loss to go along with three hundred twenty uh, tackles in his five year career there in Champaign. Uh, so I think the Brown brothers, you know, uh, moving on to the next level, we'll be talking about them quite a bit, especially throughout this draft process. Mississippi State is led by Will Rogers. And look, the junior, 6'2", 210 pounds. This is a guy that, you know, I, I would expect to come back for one more season, but he could decide to opt out and, uh, and enter the draft. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he did that. Look, over 70% completion percentage, over 10,000 yards, 81 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. Look, you know, you, you think about a guy like Gardner Minshew who was able to uh, really play well in a Mike Leach uh, run offense. Will Rogers, another guy um, that kind of fits that same type of a mold and, uh, you know, really a leader, you know, through the tragedy for the team. Uh, you know, Minshew, you know, you'll, you'll recall, it was a, a sixth-round pick um, of the Jacksonville Jaguars in the 2019 draft coming out of Washington State. One year with the program, 70% completion percentage, over 4,700 yards, 38 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Uh, so when I look at Will Rogers and what he's been able to do, that sustained success for the Bulldogs over the past three years, he doesn't really have anything left to prove. He may decide that he wants to come back and do it one more time in Mike Leach's honor. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. This may be the year for him to enter the draft because of some of the big names in next year's draft class, Caleb Williams to Drake May to J.J. McCarthy to Quinn Ewers. It'll be interesting to see. Oh, two. Michael Penix Jr., can't forget him, Bo Nix, and what he's been able to do as well. Um, so I, I think this may end up being the year for Will Rogers. We'll see what happens, but it'll be an intriguing test going up against the likes of Devin Witherspoon uh, and, and Sidney Brown on the back end of that Illini defense. That was the uh, ReliaQuest Bowl in uh, Raymond James Stadium, Tampa, Florida. Isn't it fitting that the Bulldogs will be playing in a stadium with the pirate ship. Love it. Tulane, Green Wave, tremendous season. Number 16th ranked uh, Green Wave taking on the USC Trojans. Number 10 in the land, in the Cotton Bowl, in Jerry's world. And when you talk about Tulane, you have to talk about Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears is a dynamic running back, a guy that can make plays uh, you know, both on the inside and on the perimeter. 5'10", 190 pounds, not the biggest frame, but a guy that's still 
packs a wallop. Um, you know, he can run through you. Tremendous contact balance, that low center of gravity with the way that he runs, and then his ability to bounce off guys and get to the get to the edge, and then he has that game-breaking speed that's just off the charts. 1,376 yards on the ground, 15 touchdowns, 21 receptions as well. Uh, you know, this guy career 6.6 yards per carry. Just a dynamic back. He's a lot of fun to watch, and you know the Trojans struggle against the run. And, and I think Spears is going to have a field day against this defense. Um, you know, I think he's going to end up with another 100-plus yard game. And when you talk about Taiji Spears and the the number of 100-yard uh, games, you know you're talking about now seven straight games, uh, which you know is a leads. The FBS, in terms of the active uh, active streak, uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. And make sure that you tune in and, and catch number 22 there for the Green Wave. Now defensively, Dorian Williams, 6'2", 230 pounds. This is a guy who's athletic on the edge. Um, you know, he, he drops into coverage very well. Uh, can get after the quarterback a little bit. Shows really good range sideline to sideline. I think he struggles at times to get off blocks, especially when the linemen are climbing to that second level. Um, but again, he can get good good depth and coverage, back pedals, uh, gets into a passing lane, reads the quarterback well, um, can blitz coming down downhill. He's really their defensive leader. And I think in terms of anybody who has the most uh, ability to be an NFL player, be a guy that can can make plays at the next level. I think this is going to be the guy. 115 tackles uh, this past season, 27 going for loss in his career, nine and a half sacks, uh, 13 pass breakups. Had a couple of interceptions this past season. Dude was everywhere for them, and uh, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch there. Uh, you're going to need to have him make a lot of plays there against the USC Trojans. Uh, Trojans are going to be without. Uh, Andrew Voorhees, their big 6'5", 320-pound uh, left guard, has experience at both left tackle and left guard for the Trojans, much like uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, you know, he's, he's athletic. He has good power. I don't think he's quite as athletic as, as AVT, but uh, he has the ability to potentially be a first-rounder, likely going to end up being a, a second-round pick, um, you know, a guy that's battled an injury over the last few weeks. And uh, so he'll be sitting out the bowl game because of that. Same with Jordan Addison. He hasn't officially declared for the draft, but expect him to. The, the Bolitnikoff Award winner from a season ago. Um, so explosive with his route running ability. So uh, effective with his vertical speed as well. Uh, you know, has some really long arms. So you see the long catch, large catch radius to him as well. Um, I think, the, like I said, the route running is going to be key to his game. Um, he's not the biggest guy, but man, when you think of, of the slim reaper, uh, Devontae Smith, um, I think Jordan Addison fits right into that same build. So I think you're talking about a guy that's going to be probably in that, that mid-first round range, anywhere from uh, you know from 13 to, to 23, uh, 25 on the back end for, for Jordan Addison when it's all said and done there. Uh, you know, if you've listened to my podcast, you'll know that my favorite player is Tuli Tuli Pelotu, uh, there for the Trojans, uh, a guy who I look. You know, people aren't giving him the credit that he deserves. You know, was a you know among the top 
edge rushers uh, in the country, led the, the nation in sacks with 12 and a half, 21 tackles for loss. This is a guy who just continues to get better. You see the hand usage, which is exceptional. A guy that uh, you know can bend a little bit for a guy his size. I mean, when you talk about it, he's 6'4", 290 pounds. Um, can get off blocks, can get up the field in a hurry. Um, he'll rush on the outside, on the inside, they have him as a stand-up linebacker, the guy that's even going to be uh, shooting the A-gap, getting after the quarterback, and uh, you know, showed his ability to even drop into coverage a little bit. You know, uh, go, you know, taking on Michael Mayer, really jamming him at the uh, at the top of his route. Really physical, you know, physical presence there as well. Um, struggles a little bit at times against the run. You know, I think his recognition with with the run needs to be you know sped up a little bit there. Um, but a guy to me, you know, if he comes back, he hasn't decided yet if he's going to enter the draft or not. I think right now he'll be a, a, a second round pick. I really think that he's a first round talent. I think the biggest concern, obviously, is what he can do against the run. If he decides to come back for one more season, I think he can continue to develop that pass rush ability. But uh, it's really going to be his play against the run. If he can elevate his play against the run, and this is going to be a, an interesting matchup against Tajay Spears. Like USC, that, that, that's been a porous defense, especially against the run. Alex Grinch hasn't been able to figure out uh, you know, how to slow down a lot of running backs. Um, but if Thule can have a really good day, not only rushing the pass, but rushing Michael Pratt, but if he can also show his ability to play the run, that's going to bode well for him. You've got you know, Makai Blackman on the outside, excellent cover skills, the ball skills, um, really jump off the charts when you watch Makai Blackman. There's a ton of corner depth. So this is a guy that's probably going to fall to that fourth, fifth round range, but uh, had three interceptions, 11 pass breakups this past season, really emerged after transferring from Colorado. Uh, and, and a guy that I think uh, when you watch the ball skills, you know, you, you understand what, uh, what kind of ability he truly has. So I, I think he's going to be the guy on the defensive side, other than Tuli Pelotu, uh, to really keep an eye out for there, for USC. Almost done. LSU taking on Purdue, number 17th ranked uh, Tigers. We know that Jaden uh, Daniels and Keishon Bouti will be returning to the Tigers. Uh, you know, Jay Ward is going to be sitting out, as will uh, B.J. Ojulari. Um, really wanted to see Ojulari play, but look, he, he's done enough. Uh, very active coming off the edge. Um, very dynamic playmaker. The guy that I really want to see play in this game, though, is Ollie Gay. Ollie Gay is his, his running mate there on the opposite side. Without B.J. Ojolari, it's going to be Gay that's going to have to put all that pressure on Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback. He's 6'6", 250 pounds, tremendous length. Um, 18 tackles for loss, just seven sacks in his three seasons there with Tigers. Um, had that six-pass breakup season there in 2020 it, it through uh, through 10 games, uh, nine and a half tackles for loss, two sacks. Hasn't really lived up to that level of uh, of production, and so I'm hoping that he can go out on a high note there. For, for the Tigers. And then for Purdue, obviously I mentioned him earlier, we gotta talk about Charlie Jones. Um, you know, obviously the chemistry with uh, with a guy like Aiden O'Connell, who he grew up with um, you know, in high school, and I, I believe even before that, six foot, 188 pounds, so sudden as a route runner, his ability, just a knack to get open, over 1,300 yards as a receiver, 12 touchdowns as well. A guy who I think he'll end up being a day three guy, 
possibly get into that date, that third round consideration. I think he really should be a, a third round pick and a guy that's going to be uh, a playmaker at the next level. I think this is a guy that we're going to be talking about as one of those surprises at that wide receiver position. And then finally, the Rose Bowl. Penn State taking on Utah. Uh, the Utes, number eight in the country. Nittany Lions, number 11. Uh, the granddaddy of them all, as Keith Jackson would say. Um, you know, Utah's going to be without their top running back, Tavion Thomas, uh, who also sat out the Pac-12 championship due to the ankle injury. This is a guy who's really more of a, a two-down running back, a guy that's... Uh, Know, is going to be physical between the tackles, um, but he's not nearly as dynamic as, as Zach Moss was for the, the Utes. Um, but uh, you know, they're also going to be without the dynamic tight end, Dalton Kincaid. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, to me, what was really the MVP of this, this program uh, in terms of what he was able to do in some of the big games. 6'4", 242 pounds, 70 catches, 890 yards, 8 touchdowns, but really it was his performance against USC. Uh, the first time the Utes played the Trojans, that really sets things apart. Put the game film on, 16 catches, 234 yards, and a touchdown dynamic. When you look at that, that game against Arizona State, had a couple of touchdowns there um, You know, against Oregon, 11 catches for 99 yards. Colorado, a dynamic game with five catches for 102 yards and a score. But uh, his, his ability to play on the outside, his ability to not only make the difficult catch, but then also make plays after he has the ball in his hands is why I think Dalton Kincaid could end up being the number two tight end taken after Michael Mayer because he can be such a dynamic weapon in the passing game. Unfortunately, we're also going to be missing out on two of the best corners to, to get the job done at the next level for both the Utes and Penn State. Um, when you talk about Clark Phillips III, uh, instinctive corner. 5'10", 191 pounds, can play on the outside, can play on the inside. Six interceptions this past season. The ball skills are ridiculous with this kid. Four pick sixes in his career. Um, a, a guy that just seemed to make plays. You just didn't want to throw the football in his direction. Um, you know, I thought the performance against Jordan Addison, I thought he got the better of Addison on more plays than not. You know, those are two guys that are absolutely going to be first-rounders. That was really a lot of fun to watch. Addison really got, got the better of Phillips on, on just really just one play, um, you know, which was uh, one of the plays there towards the end of the game where he was able to get open for a big play. Um, but Clark Phillips... Look, you know, he would have been fun to watch against Parker Washington. Parker Washington, the receiver, is also opting out. He's declared for the draft. You know, for me, part when I look at Parker Washington, you know, I, I was expecting to see him continue to elevate his game. 5'10", 212 pounds, going to be a slot receiver. Uh, played in just 10 games this past season. Four, 46 catches, 611 yards, two touchdowns. Um, you know, some of the injury concerns there with him, um, obviously it makes sense that he did decide to opt out. Uh, but uh, with, with Parker Washington, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen him come back and play another year for Penn State. I, I just think that, you know, I would have loved to have seen him elevate the game a little bit more um, with some of these receivers in this receiving class. He's going to have to do a lot to really try to, you know, he, he's, he's not better than the Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers is a guy who's going to be a, a borderline first, second rounder. Um, you know, there are going to be a lot of guys that he's going to have to be doing battle with. Can he be in that third round consideration or will he fall to day three? That's going to be a big question mark that I have for him. Then you have Joey Porter. 
Uh, you know, obviously when you look at Joey Porter Jr., 6'2", 195 pounds, tremendous length. You see his ability to stick like glue to his man. 20 pass breakups in his career, including 11 this past season. Just one interception in, in his career. But really, you're talking about a guy that I believe um, something like he only given up like 15 receptions all season. Something ridiculous like that. And uh, you know the ball skills are evident. His ability to you know to jam the receiver and reroute them. You know um, coming off the line. Um, the, the the transitions are exceptional, for, especially for a guy his size. Uh, Porter's going to be a first rounder. He and Phillips are definitely two of the first corners to hear their names called, uh, you know, along with Christian Gonzalez, Cam Smith, uh, Kelly Ringo as well. Uh, but one guy for Penn State that will be playing in the game is Jair Brown. 5'11", 208, Cam Rising, the quarterback, a guy we haven't talked about yet, who's probably going to come back to Utah for another year. Um, you know, a guy who's mobile, um, just really a gamer, tough competitor, a guy that could see himself getting drafted, not overly flashy by any means, not a tremendous athlete, um, not a tremendous arm strength, but a guy who just gets the job done. When you're talking about uh, Brown, the ball skills, right? Nine interceptions in his career, nine pass breakups as well. Uh, a guy that can play behind the line of scrimmage a little bit, had five and a half tackles for loss, three sacks this past season, back-to-back years with at least 60 tackles. This is the guy that's going to get the job done against both the run and the pass. So he'll be the guy for me that I'm really keeping an eye on there in that Penn State and Indian Lion uniform. Um, so if we have to talk about a guy from Utah, Braden Daniels is the guy that I'm going to be looking at, that left tackle there for Utah. And with Braden Daniels, is he going to be a tackle? Probably not. I think he's going to have to kick inside to guard. He's only a junior, so he could also opt to uh, to come back for one more season. Um, and really, when you're watching Braden Daniels, you know I think what's frustrating is the, the difference in the reps. Some reps you'll see explosiveness. Other times you will see a guy who is struggling. I mean, he'll, he'll use his hands to to get guys like uh, like like Brandon Dorless or or DJ Johnson at Oregon or uh, you know, Tuli Tuipulotu. You know he'll use his his hands and good feet to keep them in front, but uh, he gets driven back, getting off balance way too often, and that's really the biggest frust- frustration that I see with him. When he's able to stay balanced and when he's able to keep his hands inside the frame of, of the defensive end, he can be very effective. That's why I think ultimately you're going to see him kick inside to guard, but uh, you know, he's going to have to be able to drop that anchor and really, you know, he, he's 6'4", 297. He's got to add some weight to that frame, otherwise he's going to get pushed around at the next level. I think you're going to see him probably bulk up to about 310 or so, 315 by the time we hit the combine. He's going to have to, um, you know, for teams to really you know, take him seriously there. A guy that I think could come back to Utah and really work on adding some weight. You know, we could even see him do what Nick Broker did. Nick Broker knew at the next level he's going to be playing inside a guard, move from, from tackle to guard for uh, for Mississippi. Braden Daniels could end up doing the same thing for Kyle Whittingham and company. So those are the bowl games to look forward to. The remaining bowl games, obviously, it'll culminate with the national championship, CFP national championship in SoFi Stadium, Inglewood, California, on Monday, January 9th. A week after that, we'll be talking about all of the 
underclassmen who have declared who's decided to come back that's really where the top 10 my top 10 list will finally get adjusted we'll know exactly what we're looking at there we'll talk about the all-star games we'll take a look at the senior bowl um, obviously we'll have to recap these bowl games as well talk about them and then we'll really get into that draft process we'll be studying a lot of game film we'll be talking about different players talking about position by position we'll get into my first mock draft and really get into things from there i really don't like to do my mock draft until we know who actually is declaring for the draft so my first mock draft won't actually be released until January but we'll start breaking that down and obviously we've got time because we're talking about four months once we hit January four months until the draft actually hits the end of April so we've got a lot of time to spend together breaking down game film breaking down the top players at each position and really also finding the diamonds in the rough the gems that we're going to be talking about there um, you know on day three of the draft as well so hopefully you'll be here for the entire ride enjoy things with me and we'll just go ahead and talk college football and we'll, we'll hit things fast and furious here coming up in the in the coming weeks so until next time for readyforthedraft.com this has been the ready for the draft podcast i've been your host greg shoots take care everyone Hope you had a Merry Christmas, have a Happy New Year, and we'll talk soon. Until next time, I am out of here.